Christmas season just hits. It's just frantic. So much stuff is going on and, and you're doing the everyday stuff and then you've got to do the presents and you've got to do um, the extra time where you're wanting to wrap things up, whether it's at work and you're doing Christmas parties, you're meeting with relatives and friends because the time to do that is at Christmas time. You're working in a shop or somewhere and the, the amount of people just goes from here to, to here. And so it's, it's, it's frantic, isn't it? So it's really good to be able to come on a um, Christmas morning to slow down before the rest of the craziness happens and to be able to remind ourselves of really what Christmas is all about. The Christmas story is a story of love, hope and life. However, the story isn't just a celebration of a very first Christmas. It's an all-year-round celebration that Christians get to celebrate every day of their life. The story isn't just about a baby in a manger. It's about the Lord God Almighty coming here to dwell the story of his life here on earth, teaching his disciples, performing miracles, teaching us and fulfilling the promises which God had made that he would make a way for all mankind to be able to be in the presence with him in all of his glory. It's a story that this baby would one day die on a cross for the sins of the world to pay the punishment of sin, death, once and for good. It's a story which demonstrates the power of Jesus Christ over sin and death by raising back to life on the third day and revealing himself to multitudes of people. It's a story of Jesus going all back in heaven and saying that he will prepare a place for all people who will choose for him to be their king, forgiven of their sin. And it's a story that one day he will come back and he will reign forever. It's the story of Jesus Christ, the promised one who would come and save us. However, here's the thing. It's not just a story. Is it? The readings that you heard today from Scripture, it's, it's not a fairy tale. We don't put Jesus alongside other things which we often talk about at Christmas time and hold him in the same light. We see that Jesus overrides all things in Christmas. It's not a story, it's a recount. It happened, it actually happened in history. It's an account of eyewitnesses and historical accounts on the events which changed the world forever. Jesus had entered into our world. There's a preacher in America who's quite famous, and as I was um, looking at this and preparing for today, and and just also some personal devotional reading, um, this preacher, John Piper, um, once said in, in a message which he gave, The question for each of us to face every Christmas is this. 
is this story of the Son of God coming as a human, born of a virgin, living a life of sinless love and dying for sinners that all who believe might have eternal life, is this story a creation of human imagination because we need it to be true? Or is it true and therefore we need to believe it? I'll say that one more time. Is this story a creation of human imagination because we need it to be true? Or is it true and therefore we need to believe it? If it's not just a story and it's an actual historical uh, recount and we come to this recognition that, that Jesus Christ had come to save sinners, then it's demanding of us a response to that. Because it's not just a story. Um, we had one of the guys from our church, Kendall, um, came and shared in our service on Sunday the story of Zacchaeus, a despised tax collector, a thief with political gain, who upon searching for Jesus by climbing a tree to observe and see what was going on whilst Jesus walked under him, found that Jesus saw him. But not only that, he knew his name. And in end, he stated he wanted him to come down and wanted to go with him to his house to meet Zach at his place. That's the story of the gospel. The good news is that the God of the universe came down to earth to be among his people, to meet people where they were and to fulfill the requirements which was necessary for us to be able to enter into a, an eternal relationship with God. That's requirements is perfection. Now, I know I'm not perfect. There's no one here who is perfect. So Jesus in his perfection was coming to do what we couldn't do. Jesus in his perfection and love came to the cross to pay the punishment and the consequences of our sin. Which, had been, which has broken the relationship between God and man. Kendall then introduced us to another guy. His name was Nicodemus, a man who was searching for what Jesus was offering and asked, well, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And we know that the response that Jesus gave him was, well, you need to be born again. You must be given a new life, not by natural ways, but you need to be born of the Holy Spirit. So how do we have that new life, reborn by the Spirit? Well, Jesus continued to say, and it comes from that most famous verse, which is probably the most common one that, that people know in the world, John chapter 3, verse 16. I wonder if there's any kids here when I say John chapter 3, 16, who goes, yeah, I know what that verse is. Who he knows that? One person. He, he knows that. Grady, you willing to come out the front and say it? Come on down. You won. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That's it. Well done. God loved the world so much. That he gave his only son so that whoever would believe in him will not die 
but will have eternal life. But the next part to that is completely connected. It says, for God didn't come into the world to condemn the world. God didn't come and say, you losers, I'm going to come and sort you out. He entered in to come and meet with us where we were at to then restore us back into right relationship with God. He came because he desires relationship with every one of us. And to do that, he had to die on a cross. He didn't come into the sin which was separating you in your relationship with God. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. Lots of no, 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 you can't do this, you can't do that. Instead, he come and said, I will do this on your behalf. I will die on the cross for your sin so that you can have the penalty of sin dealt with once and for all. Many of you might have heard the saying, oh, you know what, if so-and-so person walked into a church building, the roof would cave in. You guys heard that? Yeah. Many of you actually in this room have possibly said that yourself as part of your faith journey. But the real faith story that God wants you to know is that God has come down to meet with you, not to condemn you, not to have the walls cave in on you, but he wants to save you. You do need saving. To be able to enter into a right relationship with God and to be with him forever in heaven, you need to be saved from your sin for that to be made possible. The church is full of sinners. I know, I'm one of them. <laughs> but even the word Christmas is two words, isn't it? Christ and Mass. It's gathering of people to be able to celebrate Christ coming to his creation in order to fulfill a debt that is ours. He did that on our behalf to rescue us, to save us. So the Christmas story recount is so amazing because it's a fulfillment of God's promise that he would one day come and make all things right. And that's exactly what he did. He would send a saviour, Jesus Christ, to rescue mankind from their sin and he will rule forever. The cultural celebration of Christmas is what? Gift-giving, time with family, eating, more eating, Christmas cake. We pray, don't we? So we have different things that we do, but Christmas is often about um, doing things. For us, the real Christmas story is actually recognizing that we could do nothing to restore our relationship with God if it would not be for Jesus coming and entering in to rescue us. That's the story. That's the recount. That's the truth of Christmas. And he's inviting us, people gathering together, to become his children, to be part of God's family, to be part of his kingdom, to be a kingdom of generosity and love. That's a gift he's offering us. So all those things, gift, family, um, uh, generosity, all those things 
it's actually a God-given point, but we've taken it and secularized that so much and, and drifted it away from the true meaning of what Christmas is all about. So if he is coming and inviting us to be his children and be part of God's family, how do we become a child of God? How do we when he says you must be born again? Well, I'm going to read to you from Acts chapter 2 to finish up today. And a lot of you who have been with us at Raymond Terrace Community Church for a while, you know that this is by far one of my most favorite passages in Scripture. But in Acts 2, we hear at the end of a what we would know as Peter's first sermon, um, them responding Let me find it. When they recognized who Jesus really was, and they recognized and they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, their response was this. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. This is, sorry, Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. And when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, What shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You will be born again. So how do we respond when we recognize and believe this is the truth of Jesus had come to rescue us? What do we do? The response is to repent. That means to stop going the way that we're going and just following and just going with what we do in the world and stopping recognizing that Jesus has entered into our world, has interrupted our normal way of thinking and recognize that he is the way and the truth and the life. If we want hope, love and life in life, we need to turn. We need to repent from our sin And we need to acknowledge that Jesus is the one who will deal with that sin in our life and to start to follow him. We need to make Jesus our king. That's what we need to do. We need to repent and be baptized. Baptism isn't the specific requirement of, you know, um, that if, if you get dosed with water, then suddenly you're a Christian. It's the response that comes with repentance. It's a, a means of saying... It's not just, I'm going to say some words, Jesus, I love you, I believe that you came and you died on the cross, and I want you to forgive me. All right, it's about lunchtime now, I'm going to go and eat some nice turkey, and um, I'm done. It's actually about complete life giving over to Jesus. And so when it says repent and be baptized, it's saying you're going to completely turn away from what you were doing, and you're going to start focusing your eyes on Jesus as the author and the perfecter of your faith recount of a child. The Christmas message begins with a story and a recount of a child that finishes with the invitation to respond with belief and repentance and to become a child of God yourself, to let Jesus be your saviour, to let Jesus be your king. That's the story of Christmas. And my prayer would be that that's your story too. But it could be that you are here in a building and the walls didn't cave in because Jesus wants to meet with you 
today. That he came and he wants to say to you, I love you. The whole story of Christmas is that I came and I died on the cross for you so that your sin can be dealt with and you can be brought back into a right relationship with God and you can be with me forever. You can't do anything to rescue yourself. You need a saviour. Jesus has come. The story of Christmas. And so if it's not your story, but you want it to be, then don't leave this building today without talking to someone about that. You can come and talk with me, or there might be someone that you came with. You might have been coming to this church forever, but you've never fully decided, I need to repent. I believe and I repent, and Jesus, I'm now going to make you my king. Do that today. That's the best Christmas gift of all. Let's pray. Jesus, you are king. That's what Christmas is about, that you came and you would rescue us. You are our saviour. You are almighty God with whom we bow our knees before you. And we declare you as our king. We worship you this Christmas. Amen.